0: I'm going to a city that's set on a hill, its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city, and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven, and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city, it lies four square. the gates are made of jazzy.
1: Hello everybody! God bless you today. This is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the prophetic news radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. And we also have our YouTube channel, which is under my name Susan Puzio. And in case you don't know how to spell it, it's P for Peter U Z for Zebra I O. And you'll find our YouTube channel under my name. I also have another smaller channel called Greedy Preachers TV. So there's some videos there. Videos are pretty self-explanatory because they show you pictures and they show you videos, uh, video clips from some of uh, the people that we talk about here. So many of the false prophets and the false teachers. and it's almost they're almost too numerous to mention in the days that we're living in, and it's very sad, I think, for the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ at large, the things that have been happening in the church. But we have a long way to go to see the Reformation. And it's full fullness because there's so much compromise. I guess it's it's easy for people to compromise if their backs up against the wall, or if it's a financial motive. Most most of the time, really, it's a pride thing that causes people to compromise, or it's greed on their behalf because they they want a ministry so bad, and they want to be funded by their ministry and they're not willing to maybe take another job until their ministry can support them or they can support the ministry. So there's a lot of pride involved, I think, when when people compromise their values, but we have to be willing to make sacrifices for the sake of the ministry and for the welfare of the church of the Lord Jesus at large, because we're living in such crazy days, which you don't think that, just when you think you hear one thing, you hear something else that just is devastating, and you say, how in the world did we ever get here? But I guess if you look through history and you you see some of the things that went on in the past, and even when you read the Old Testament, especially, and you see what went on <laughs> before people were born again. Of course, in the New Testament, it's it's different. You don't see some so many of the crazy things that went on in the Old Testament because people didn't have Jesus Christ as their Savior, most of the, the uh, characters that you see didn't have the Holy Spirit. So <laughs> they just they did some wild things. So we have a restrainer now, because people, Jesus has died on the cross for our sins, and he's given us the opportunity to be born again. First, you're born of your mother, and then you're born again of the Spirit of God. So, I know I, I, know I hear people talking about this all the time, and they say, well, we, we have easy believism, or we shouldn't make it so easy. For people to just say a prayer and get saved. Well, salvation's not difficult. I don't think we should make it difficult for people. And anyway, the Bible says, How will they hear without a preacher? So we have to preach the gospel. And how are people going to know how to accept Jesus Christ unless we tell them? So sometimes I listen to some of these teachers and I wonder, Why are you trying to confuse people? And why are you? Trying to put these questions in people's minds where, well, maybe uh, I just said a prayer and uh, maybe I'm really not saved. Well, you'll know for sure if you've been born again. You, you can't deny the experience because it's real. And I know for myself in 1981, in February of 1981. I didn't know that much about Jesus. I wasn't even sure who he was when I asked him to come into my life. I I got down on my knees one night in my room and I had heard the gospel, of course, different people had been witnessing to me. So we we are supposed to witness to people, to tell them the good news and to explain the scriptures to them, especially where the born again experience is concerned. So I got down on my knees and I said, God, if you're real, and Jesus, if you're real, come into my life and change my life, and I'm sorry for my sins, please forgive me. And so when I got up the next day, I was definitely a new person. I felt new. It was like the scales were removed from my eyes And just like the old song, Amazing Grace says, I once was blind, but now I see. So it's not up to me to judge whether someone really meant it in their heart. If they've prayed and they've asked Jesus to come into their life, God knows if they're sincere or not. So I don't think we should make it difficult for people to get saved and say, well, don't have them come up to an altar or don't have them just recite a prayer. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with inviting people to come up and to uh, ask Jesus to come into their life. Like I said, I I don't know what goes on inside people's hearts. Sometimes you, you can know by the fruit of somebody's life, of course, what's going on in their heart. But I just have to do my job and tell people the road to salvation. Sometimes people come to that realization even on their own when they realize that their life is a mess and they're a wretch and uh, they're looking for a way out. So sometimes people do ask Jesus to come into their life they ask God to make himself real to them and so those things happen but I I don't think that we should make salvation difficult for people it's it's salvation is easy to accept it's easy to accept and everybody's going to have their challenges in life The Bible says that we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So we're all at different places in our life. And sometimes we, yeah, we make mistakes. Christians still sin, and uh, they probably do things that they shouldn't do. Of course, we know that. We see it in, in some of the more public things that happened that are disgraceful to the body of Christ, but we have to remember that not everybody is on the same level when it comes to Christianity, and we're all vulnerable to deception. So... We just have to be wise as serpents and harmless as as doves, especially in the day we're living in. And we see all the political upheaval. And we see right before our eyes how the whole one world government and the Antichrist system is coming into being. It's quite, uh, quite remarkable to be living in these days and to see these things happening And it's so evident. So I thought I would spend a little bit of time today talking about some of the political movements as far as the Save America movements and the Retaking America movements and the Freedom Rallies. And there's all kinds of rallies going on and everybody's all hopped up about changing the government. And... We, I, I, When I was watching some of these videos from some of these rallies, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, these Christians are all excited about taking back America and getting rid of the Democrats. And I, and I, I was thinking to myself, I wish they would be this excited about soul winning and reforming the church because we have the greatest leader in the world in Jesus Christ and yet we're looking to human beings to lead us and get us out of the mess we're in and it's it's easy to get these people riled up and they're applauding and they're, they're getting standing ovations and and I'm thinking, wow, this is this is kind of what's going to happen when this Antichrist figure really comes on the scene and people are going to look at him as the savior and he's going to get us out of this financial mess we're in and he's going to bring us peace and safety. And that's not going to happen at all. So it's a, it's a great deception and... It's one thing for sure, it's exciting to be at these rallies and to uh, be enamored with these very charismatic figures, especially a figure like Donald Trump, who's a very charismatic person and uh, has a very engaging personality at times, at times not such an engaging personality, but I uh, supported President Trump in the past, and I'm sorry that I that I did because I made a big mistake. And it wasn't really until I found out what had gone on during his administration, especially when it came to abortion. And that grieved me so so much because I didn't realize about uh, Francis Collins, Dr. Francis Collins working for the National Institute of Health. He had been in the Obama administration and then Trump kept him on. And of course Dr. Fauci who Trump kept on. And they were paying to experiment on aborted children. Just horrible experiments. Horrible. One, for instance, and you can you can look up these things, do a search, and it'll bring up the article, and you can see the photographs for yourself. It's devastating to see these photographs of aborted children baby scalps being removed from the dead children and being put on mice. And so you say to yourself, what kind of a so-called Christian nation is this? And how could God not look at this and judge us? So when I found out that and that was after the the uh, he lost the second election that I found out about this. It made, it made international news. It was reported in many newspapers about this, these experiments. And, and really, what does that remind you of? Does that remind you of something that went on during World War II? Yeah, it does. So, what are we taking back exactly? What are we. No. The whole thing, if you, if you want to uh, look at changing any kind of a political system, you need to tear down the whole thing as far as uh, who are these people. You can't blame the Democrats for this. The Democrats weren't in power uh, for the first two years of the Trump administration. You had a, de- a Republican Congress, you had a Republican Senate, and you had a Republican president. Nothing was do- was done to defund the National Institutes of Health and their gruesome experiments on these murdered children. Nothing was done as far as they they were still allowed to take tax money and, and give these universities, universities which are supposed to be these institutes of learning, they were giving them grant money to perform these experiments. Why was the sale Why wasn't the sale of the aborted children's parts, why wasn't it stopped? It wasn't. It wasn't stopped. So it wasn't stopped for a Republican. It's still not stopped for Democrats. So who's the enemy here? (laughs) we, We like to blame one side. Oh, that side's evil. Well, who's evil? Most of it is evil, but we can't get behind these people. We can't go to these rallies and rah rah, and I want this person on. Oh, and and, and uh, you don't look at their their policies. You don't look at the way they voted for things in the past. Maybe you won't get the chance to ask them in person. And, and if I ever got a chance to ask Donald Trump. I would ask him, how did you allow this and say you're pro-life? Because that's not pro-life. Why are you using Christians courting us and, and telling us you're pro-life and these things were allowed to go on during your administration? And I I ask these questions if I go on Twitter or uh, I, I email people, some of these people that are out there with uh, their devotion to Donald Trump no matter what. I asked them. Most of them never answer me. I had uh, emailed this organization that gave Donald Trump a an award for being the most pro-life president. So I emailed them to ask them, how could you give him this award when they were allowing these experiments to go on during his administration? Well, they never answered me. So even in this day, and I called different organizations and uh, different pro-life organizations to ask them the same question. So some of them give you the runaround. Most of them won't talk to you. In the day of communication, like we've never had such communications as we do today, it's hard to, to uh, pin these people down to ask them a question. Even if you, you email them, you call them, you send them a letter, I still don't have an answer from the many people that I asked the question to. I don't have an answer. So a lot of it is a smokescreen. The uh, pro-life movement and uh, some of these organizations are taking in multiple millions of dollars. And yet these things are still going on. They're still allowing the sale of these children's, these murdered children's baby parts. I'm not going for it. I'm not going for it. I'm not supporting it. And Uh, I'm not supporting any candidate that does not say that he's going to put an end to it. This should not be happening in a so-called Christian nation. So, so much for the Christian nation thing. I say to myself, when, when people want to talk about America being a Christian nation... Yeah, there were some good people that were here in the beginning. There were some bad people too. I say, well, Christian nation, why do you, does God allow the slaughter of the natives that lived here so that these people could come here to this country and start a country, to start a new country? And then they write that uh, all men are created equal. Well, there was slaves. There was Native Americans. Uh, what about their equality? So <laughs> yeah. So I asked myself, I said, well, no, that's not Christian. No, that's not Christian. So there's a lot of things uh in our history that we have to look at, because really, who's the Christian nation? The Christian nation is the church. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are the people of God. We are the people that should be showing who God is and what a Christian nation looks like. But to attend these rallies and scream for these candidates and you don't really know what's going on in the background. I made a mistake with uh, my support of uh, President Trump. And uh, like I said, it wasn't until after he lost the election and I was doing some research. I just happened upon it that what was going on in the national institutes of health. Now I'm not going to make excuses because you could make a lot, there's a lot of things that I could forgive him for and there was a yeah he did a lot of good things too with some of his policies but I can't excuse this kind of thing where you're the president of the United States and you and uh, you're appoint, appointing these people to the National Institutes of Health and all the pro-life people you have around you and all the pro-life organizations, they can't tell you what's going on as far as the funding of these gruesome, horrible experiments on these murdered children? I have, no, I can't make any excuses for that, and I won't, and I think that if you're attending any of these rallies or you happen to be able to talk to any of these people that were involved in the the Trump administration or any of these pro-life groups, ask them, how, how is that pro-life? It's not, it's not pro-life. It's a smoke screen. So, We have to be able to see what's really going on before we lend our support to politicians. Anybody that's been involved in church work of any kind or been involved in public ministry, which I was involved in for many years, the public uh, ministry and uh, traveling around the world, and I held hundreds of meetings for many years that I was in, in that kind of public pulpit ministry speaking in churches and to different women's groups and that kind of thing now don't I know some people say well you know women can't preach well I don't argue with people about that I don't get into big arguments about that I ask I say well What about Deborah? If you look at Deborah in the Bible, she was a prophetess and a judge. So what are you going to do with her if God doesn't use women? What are you going to do with Miriam, who was a prophetess? What did she do? Prophesy in secret? And then she told her husband, and then her husband told the people what she had to say. No, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. I believe if God gives you a mouth, he gives you a mouth, he gives you a brain, and he gives you a Bible, I think you can use it. <laughs> and then, of course, the Lord did use a donkey. <laughs> and he said he uses the foolishness of preaching. So I don't get into these big theological debates with people from the time that I was born again in 1981, I wanted to do something for the Lord because of what he had done for me. I knew what he what He did for me. There was no doubt about it. So I wanted to do something for him. And that's one thing I have to say about being in the Word of Faith movement. They didn't really discriminate against women as far as... They didn't tell you, well, you can't say anything about God. You have to tell a man, and then the man can say what it is. They didn't really do that. I never felt like I was uh, discriminated against in that sense. And even, even if I had been, I would have still obeyed the Lord and, and uh, done what he asked me to do. So there's a there's a lot of things in the Bible that we don't 100% understand as far as people can take one scripture and they, and they make a whole doctrine out of it and we have to take read everything in context and I I'm not a big believer in and I see this happening all the time, where people can take one scripture. Like Genesis 6. They'll take that one scripture and they build a whole doctrine around it and then there's volumes of books and and I don't see those kind of things. I don't even see what they're saying. How can you take one verse of scripture and twist it the way it's been twisted? But that's for another program. <laughs> Anyway, I think we all have our part. The Bible says to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. It doesn't say just for one one gender to go preach the gospel. And it also says, the Bible says that we're all called to the ministry of reconciliation to call lost sinners to Christ. And I think... Any man or any woman worth their salt knows that we're called to the ministry of reconciliation. We all feel that if we're born again. We all have that burning desire to tell other people the good news, especially after we've experienced the grace and the mercy of God in our own life. You you want to uh, shout it from the housetops, and sometimes you just want to take people and say, "Listen to me," <laughs> you know? and so we all have our part to do, and we do it willingly. And we do it because we love people. We want other people to know Jesus Christ, to know the Prince of Peace, to know someone who sticks closer than a brother, to know someone who will never leave you or forsake you. Because your friends will will forsake you. Your, Your parents could forsake you. Your husband could forsake you. Your wife could forsake you. Your children could forsake you. And, and if you were 100% putting your faith and trust in human beings, and the Bible says, cursed is the man who puts his trust in man, you're going to be disappointed. But if you put your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. So we can build upon that, and that makes us strong. We're not, we're not looking for self-esteem, and we're not looking for my best life now. You don't know what's going to happen in your life. None of us do. None of us know what's going to happen, and, and we, live our, we wake up in the morning, and we're going to face another day. We don't know what the challenges will be. Do bad things happen to Christians? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. But even when we're going through the valley, the Lord is our shepherd, and we shall not want. So we can get through. We'll get through it. We're going to get through what's happening to us now. We're going we're going to get through it. The main thing is to stay steadfast in the things of God and to keep our mind on the Lord Jesus Christ, to keep our mind on his kingdom, to keep our mind on his politics. And we can't throw our support to people that don't have our values. People say, well, what are you going to do? Are we going to take the, the uh, lesser of two evils? or I'm not taking either one. <laughs> no, I'm not taking either one. If they can't honest, honestly answer the, the question, when it, especially when it pertains to the innocent children, innocent babies that can't speak for themselves, and if these men, for the most part, because it's, it's mainly men, there, there are some women that run for politics, but if they can't be man enough to stand up for the innocent, then I want nothing to do with them. Nothing. Once, once you know something, and God has given you the knowledge about something, then you... <laughs> you're responsible for having that knowledge. So, some people have a bigger voice than I do, and I wish that some of the people that have bigger voices would really speak out on some of these very troubling issues. And uh, a while back, or four years ago or so. I had called one of the one of the big churches here in this country, which is, I won't mention the name, and the pastor's very well known, has a television ministry, and I called to make them aware of something. So I got the pastor's secretary on the phone. I got that far, and I was telling her about an issue that was very important and she said to me hold on a minute so then someone picks up the phone and says security and i couldn't even believe it i i was this is this is how far back we are really as far as communication I'm calling them to make them aware of something. It wasn't wasn't anything that was a threat or anything like that. It was just telling them that's uh, about something somebody had said and asking, "What? Why are you supporting this person when they said this?" And they and what they said is on video. So, no, they didn't want to hear it. No. But the thing is, if you ever have an opportunity, if you're in a, in a meeting or you're in a church or you're somewhere where you can ask some of these so-called leaders a question and get an answer, I would like to hear about that. Because I've made so many phone calls in the past few years to different ministries and different Churches and different organizations to ask questions, and even well, I had, con- I had contacted the uh, Seven Hundred Club because they were having some of these weird people on their program, and I was I had called them, and I was able to get a hold of some person that had some kind of power over there and had sent them a couple of videos. But they didn't do anything about it. Oh, well, thanks for the videos and we'll see what we can do. I, I even called Franklin Graham's office to make him aware of something and I spoke to someone that was an associate there and he said, oh, well, I'll tell Franklin. Well, uh, Franklin never did anything about it. I don't know if he ever told him or not. <laughs> the compromise is amazing. Is amazing. And especially when it has to do with a political figure like Donald Trump or whoever is going to run for president, whatever's going to happen in the next couple of years. They will not stand up for what's right. They will not ask these politicians the important questions. They will not confront their so-called spiritual advisors. They will will do anything to get close to power. But who's got got more power than God? Aren't you concerned about being close to him? We should be. (laughs) We should be. But instead, they want to cozy after some politician. Because they want to save America. And they want to retake America. We're going to take it back. Okay, like I said, the Republicans had the power for 2016, was it 2017 to 2019? What did they do with that power? Not too much. So what do you ta- what, is, what exactly are you taking back? No, you need to vote most of these people out. But who knows if the vote's going to count anymore either? So then, then what are you going to do? When it's not even really going to be about voting? Who do we vote for? I vote for Jesus. I vote I vote for Jesus. <laughs> if anybody's going to save the day, it's going to be him. It's going to be him. So that that should be what excites us and that's what should be what the screaming is about and all the fanfare at these rallies, you should see it. These people are hysterical for uh, taking back America when our sin, the sin as a country is so grave. It's so grave. We have a long way to go, but we have someone that is all-powerful and all-knowing and he can change things. How does God change things? He changes men's hearts. Then when, he, when Jesus comes into somebody's life and he changes their heart, they will then have that burning desire to, to change laws because God writes his law in our hearts. And some of these men and women then can go and change laws and try to make things better for the citizens of this country. I'm glad I was born here. I, I think that this, this is still the land of opportunity for, uh, for many of the citizens that live here. But some of the policies and the things that go on are just dark, very dark. And God cannot overlook it. And he won't. Anyway, here's here's one of the... Um, I got a couple of audios from this Flashpoint program. It's a television program that's on the Kenneth Copeland network. Kenneth Copeland now has his own 24-hour-a-day network called the Victory Channel. And they're doing these rallies, these Take America Back rallies, which I watched with... Great interest. And they were in, in April, they were in the Maybe Center at Oral Roberts University, which is a a large auditorium. I think they had some over 9,000 people that attended. And everybody was so excited about taking back America, as you'll hear here. Here's one.
2: Tulsa, a city in the heart of America, a place with a rich heritage that many generals of the faith have called home. Today, we find our country at the edge of a great precipice, divided more than any other time in recent memory. Yet, in this moment of turmoil, we see the body of Christ rising up once again. A new generation has emerged, taking their place and making their voices heard across our nation. Tonight, we have returned here to this town. At this moment, believers from all walks of life coming together like streams converging into a mighty river. Tonight, we rise up in faith, united in our expectancy united in our resolve, united in our purpose, united we stand. And we declare to the world that America continues to be one nation under God. Welcome to Flashpoint Live.
1: On fire, they're all on fire because they're gonna, they're gonna take back. Gonna take back. <laughs> oh dear, I don't see it as a good thing. Yeah, if they're if they're saying that they're going to question these men and women that are running for office, that they're gonna hold their feet to the fire, especially when it comes to the issue of life. If you if you can't even stand up for innocent babies, then I don't want anything to do with you. And they should be able to tell these people the same thing. We, as Christians, we're not backing you. Even if it means we have to pay more money for gas, we have to pay more money for food. We are not supporting you. Here's another audio from this flashpoint meeting
3: all right you may be seated if you can wow wow to all of those of you watching from nation from coast to coast and around the world you should have been here you should have been here it's all i can say Listen, if you're watching, go share this on all your social media. Make sure you get the word out what's happening right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And before I go any further, I want to honor someone tonight. Would you please stand and honor President Billy Wilson of Oral Roberts University? Amen. Amen. We could think of no place better to start what has become a movement among Americans than Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I want to know if there's anybody from Oklahoma in the house. Y'all came, good. Wow, 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 wow. All right, I brought a few of my friends. Would you please welcome Lance, Hank, and Mario. welcome. All right, you can be seated. We've got so much stuff to do here. Uh, we're going to have to fly. All right, so gentlemen, I want to go around the, around the line here. First thoughts being here. Really, this is uh, not quite our first Flashpoint Live, uh, but this is the first one uh, like this. So first thoughts, Lance.
4: I believe we need to put our faith out for this to be the beginning of a movement. I could see rallies all
2: over America. Amen. All over America. Pastor Hank, you know, I was
3: 22 years of age the last time I was in this particular building right here. I had Moses parted my hair to the side. And I never thought in a million years that we would be standing here together. Because united we stand. But listen, united we are dangerous. Yeah. Amen.
4: Mario. Yes, sir. I went to Gene. <laughs> God be the glory. For God be the glory. I called Gene on the phone, and I said I'm going to rent the Maybe Center for two nights. I want you to do Flashpoint Live the first night, then we're going to do a miracle service the second night. And, uh, I uh, have also heard from the Lord. I said, brother, we got to do it. And Gene prayed and he said, yes. And we're about to tear the devil's lips off. All right.
3: Since there's a few patriots in the house, would you please rise to your feet for the Pledge of Allegiance?
1: The flag will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mario Murillo. Now, a few years ago, I had discovered that Mario Marillo. I think it was in 2018, that he actually found out that the so-called spiritual advisor, pastor to the President of the United States, had promoted pornography from her pulpit that heard her husband. And you can see the video on YouTube if you put in the search Paula White porn for some people that haven't heard this before I might there might be some new listeners so I'll mention it again that Paula White in 2015 and her husband told people to watch pornography to help them figure out what to do in their marriage so Mario Marillo had seen that video and so in 2018 he wrote a piece about it about how shock, shocking it was, and uh, so now Mario is doing these rallies, these p- political rallies, and I'm wondering, Mario, are you going to uh, that? Are you going to ask President Trump about his spiritual advisor? These people, uh, especially Kenneth Copeland, had Paula White at his church and promoted her, and so are you going to tell Kenneth Copeland? what Paula White and her husband said as far as telling people to watch pornography? You know about it. You wrote about it on the internet. Are you gonna man up and tell them what's what's going on with this woman? And ask then ask the question to Donald Trump, what are you doing with this woman? Especially Promoting her as some kind of a spiritual advisor and promoting her as a Christian? And you notice, oh, he gets a thunderous round of applause. No, I want to know if you have courage to speak up for what's right and not worry about your own reputation or, or your your invitations. Here's another video or audio from this rally.
3: And this is the raw truth. The raw truth was that on November 3rd, 2020, President Donald J. Trump won. There's another truth I want to share with you. And gentlemen, you can come on up. There's another truth I want to share with you, and that's this. There is an agenda that's not Democrat versus Republican. The agenda that's in our nation right now is good versus evil. And I'm not calling any party evil, although you can figure out probably where I'm coming from. But in this good versus evil environment that we live, it's going to take some stick to be. We got to be a part We gotta stick together and we gotta be in there for the long haul. Now what happened with Flashpoint? This program was only supposed to go to November 3rd and then we were gonna stop it. And we're not going anywhere. (laughs) But I got news for you and I got news for you watching on television. There's thousands of people in this room that says we're taking our nation back. We're not going to stand. Yeah, get to your feet. (laughs) If you're not willing to give up your nation to a woke agenda, That's not left. It's liberal. It's so far liberal. It's out to destroy the very fabric of this nation. Rip your children away from your families and bring them, teach them who they are not in Christ. Tell them who they think they are, what they ought to be. They want to educate your children. They want to take your kids from you. They don't want you to do anything that resembles Christianity or stand up for what's right or stand up for what's truth. And if you believe that, you're going to stand with me. I need to hear it right now. listen, I want to tell you something. Keep, stay standing. We invited President Donald J. Trump to come join us tonight. He couldn't do that, but I guarantee you he's going to see this video if he's not watching live. So Dale, if you're taking a camera shot, I want you to tell President Trump what you think of him right now.
1: Think that uh, a million people came to the Lord Jesus, right? Uh, are we supposed to get excited over these polit politicians like that? You see how riled up these people are. Yeah, I, w- I have something to say to Donald Trump. I have a lot to say to you. That questions I would ask you, and questions every Christian should ask him. Why did you court us and tell us you were pro-life and you allowed these abominations to go on during your administration? Stop lying to us and, and trying to use us for political gain. Was there one man on that platform that night that would, set, would, would stand up and tell the truth? about what was going on, what's been going on in our country all these years, Democrat, Republican, they're going to tell you, oh, the Democrats are the evil ones. No, it it was evil all around. It's evil all around. So if you think you're going to get one party out because they're evil, we're going to bring the good people in because they're not evil. Most of them are evil. They do evil in the sight of the Lord. And we can't participate in that. We can't participate. They're telling you, well, people should be worried about their children. They should be worried about their children, but... They're your children. It's your responsibility to educate them and not send them off to Pharaoh's school. It's not the government's job to tell your people about God. It's not their job, it's your job. It's the church's job. But we want the government, we want the government to do it. They're not going to do it. They're not going to. We as Christians can't put our responsibilities on other people. We have responsibilities as families, husbands and wives, responsibility to the the children that, that people bring into this world. It's not the government's job to raise your children and to keep your family together. They're not going to do it the way you're supposed to do it. It's okay to try to enact laws. You, you, the way it is now, we have some great laws on the books. Huh. The district, uh, district attorney might decide they're not going to follow the laws, which they which they're doing in many instances. They won't follow the laws. So our job as a church is to bring tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you can change men's hearts And you you would hope, and you see there was over 9,000 people in this place going crazy about taking America back. What about the church? Let's reform the church first. Let's reform the church and then send out people that won't compromise what they believe to hold political office that they'll stand up and be brave when they're running for office and not worry about whether they're going to lose votes because they take a stand on certain issues that are important to Christians. It's important to get the publicity out there. PR is very important. Here's a last clip from this rally
4: I believe that there's a lot more people watching than you realize Mario and I want to I want to tell you something there's nothing more dangerous than a missed opportunity and tonight is an opportunity and there's a lot of possible things we could do and say but we've got to know why we're here and I want to look at every one of you and I want you to help me to do something I believe that millions are going to watch this show. Millions. And I'm going to tell you something, because it's from my heart to yours. We are here for two reasons, and tomorrow night is for a third reason. Number one, we are here to say we're going to change America. Come on, let me hear you. We're going to change America. You know, I just want to add one more thing. Tonight we're going to do two things. Tomorrow night one thing. Tonight we're deciding that we're going to change America. Number two, Tonight, we're proving to the world that we are now no longer a remnant, an underground movement, but we are the army of God, and we are going to take this nation back in the name of Jesus.
0: Amen. Yeah.
4: Somebody shout right now. Amen. Somebody shout.
1: He's taking it
3: back. Where do we where do you think we stand right now when it comes to the presidential office?
4: It's it's one of the most fascinating things because we've been talking all along about this movement and this moment. We said there would be a populist backlash. We said it back when nobody wanted to talk about it because everybody wanted to see President Trump get into office. But I think we were we were right in seeing that God himself is saying that the only answer for this country is going to be Jesus Christ, not
1: Donald Trump. Lance Wall now was the only voice of reason, which is kind of hard to believe, but he was the only voice of reason there by making that statement, which of course is very true, because they're looking at Donald Trump as being the savior of the world, that he's going to come back and he's going to save everything. And uh, he didn't save everything when he was there. He didn't finished building the wall, which would have protected us. It was never finished, even with a Republican Congress, a Republican Senate, and a Republican president. They weren't interested in protecting our borders. They could have done it very easily. They only needed $5 billion, I think it was, to build this wall, which was, for some reason, when you think about all the trillions that have been spent, in the last year and a half, and they couldn't come up with $5 billion uh, for border security? So who's evil? What was done to change the uh, funding to the National Institute of Health for their gruesome experiments? Nothing was done. So who's evil? There was a lot of things that were done that were an abomination to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to see these men stand up there and say, look, we're not going to put up with it anymore. We're not going to put up with these policies Whether it means their guy gets in or not, so we can't wimp out on what's important to God when it comes to politics. Well, the, the people in the world, the evil people, that the rich and the powerful people, they have a plan. to make a one-world government. And they're implementing their plan. They're not going to stop. But God has a plan. God has a plan. So I'd like to see the church all excited about reforming the church. Let's take back the church and stop the... the uh, Robbery that goes on every Sunday morning in churches when they pick people's pockets. They won't have any integrity in their own lives. They won't have any faith in God in their own lives. Yeah, let's change the church first. You think that people in the world look at these uh, so-called Christian television programs and say, wow, these Christians, they really take a stand for things. They're they're people to be admired. No, they don't. They look at it and they laugh. And that's a Christian. That's a Christian that's begging all the time, begging for money, conning people with Ponzi schemes and multi-level marketing schemes. That's a Christian? I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, let's reform the church first. I have to say one thing for the governor of Oklahoma, because he did take a, a stand for uh, against abortion, although I don't agree with the exception some of the exceptions that he made. But anyway, here's the um, the law that just went into effect in Oklahoma.
0: Home To the
5: strictest abortion law in the country, the state's governor signing a bill into law that allows an abortion only when the life of a pregnant woman is at risk or when a pregnancy is the result of rape or incest that has been reported to law enforcement. That's from NBC News reporter Chloe Atkins, who joins <laughs> me now. Chloe, this is the latest in a series of new restrictive abortion laws in Oklahoma. Tell us more about it. That's right, Allison. Oklahoma put into effect the strictest abortion ban in this country right this moment. Now, the governor signed a bill into law late yesterday, which bans abortion after fertilization and allows citizens to sue anyone who helps another person get an abortion. But keep in mind, this region, this part of the country was already grappling with a lack of access. In September, Texas banned abortion around six weeks. And as a result, we saw many Texans depend on Oklahoma for care. But now with this point of access blocked in Oklahoma, we will see both Texans and Oklahomans traveling even further for care. Allison. Chloe, there's a heightened focus on abortion rights since that leaked draft uh, showed the Supreme Court's intent to overturn Roe v. Wade. How does that potential ruling factor into this new Oklahoma law? Oklahoma and Texas really give us a window into what a post-Roe v. Wade world will look like, which is those who can afford to do so will travel out of state to get care. And those who cannot, they will be forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy to term or will self-manage their abortion, likely using medication abortion. But I want to underscore that Texas and Oklahoma are truly the tip of the iceberg. Twenty-six states are certain or likely to ban abortion altogether if Roe v is overturned. And we are poised to hear from the Supreme Court on this matter this summer. Allison? Chloe, abortion advocates say they're going to challenge the new Oklahoma abortion law. Uh, What will that look like? Abortion advocates filed their lawsuit this morning asking a judge to block the law while litigation plays out. And we Mm -hmm. also heard from Nancy Northup from the Center for Reproductive Rights not too long ago, who said... Right now, patients in Oklahoma are being thrown into a state of chaos and fear. That chaos will only intensify as surrounding states cut off access as well. Now, advocates tell me that they don't know when they will hear from the judge, but we will be monitoring the story closely. Allison? All right, Chloe, thank you
0: so much.
1: No, they're afraid that they won't be able to get their abortions. They won't be able to kill their children. No, oh, they should be afraid of God. That's who they should be afraid of. They should have a fear of the Lord. The thing is, it, it, it's taken so long for these kind of things to happen. So if they do overturn Roe, it'll, it'll go back to the states. And so they're saying there'll be 26 states that will ban abortion. Well, it's about time. About time. There was some. Uh, there's been some very interesting things in the in the news, especially when it comes to education, educating children. And this story came out of Australia, which I thought was very interesting, and their plans. And it was on a website for a school in Australia, what they're planning to do in the next 10 years, the things that they're going to be implementing to educate children. They say that they'll have more buildings and development. There'll be more technological advances for students and teachers. Far more learning will be on a screen. Microchips in students' brains to promote intelligence and memory. Yeah. Microchips in students' brains. That's their plan in Australia. What kind of a brave new world is that going to be? Sounds like something out of a science fiction movie, but they're already talking about these implants putting these implants in people's brains. And people are going to go for it. Some people are going to go for it. Because they want to be more intelligent. And they want to be able to have a better memory. So they're going to go for it. It it may even come down to... uh, Them putting these implants in people's brains, and it'll be required. It may eventually be required to uh, send your child to school, is that they're going to have to take the mark. I wouldn't doubt it. I would not doubt it. And uh, also, here's something that came out of the uh, Catholic Church. Of course, they're celebrating Pride Month, which is homosexual pride. Here's what the Catholic Church has to say.
6: Can Catholics celebrate Pride Month when the LGBTQ community marks its place in society, especially since pride is, after all, one of the seven deadly sins? Well, first of all, remember that there are two definitions of pride. The first is satisfaction that comes from your own accomplishments, which can morph into vanity, which is bad. But the second kind of pride is a consciousness of your own dignity. And that's closer to what Pride Month represents, a celebration of the human dignity of a group of people who have been for so long treated like dirt and for the religious person it's a celebration of them as beloved children of God. It's especially important for churches to celebrate pride since a great deal of the rejection and even violence that the LGBTQ community has faced has been motivated by religion or at least what people think religion teaches. The Catechism of the Catholic Church asks us to treat LGBTQ people with respect, compassion, and sensitivity, and participating in Pride events, or at least supporting our LGBTQ friends, is one way to do this. And Just because you celebrate Pride doesn't mean you have to agree with what every video, every article, or even every float in a parade has to say. It's more about supporting the fundamental human rights of this community, the right to live in safety, the right to be treated as equals, and the right to be fully welcomed into society. Besides, complaints about the use of the word pride don't seem to happen in other situations. People say, I'm proud to be Catholic or I'm proud to be an American, and no one objects to it or says that it's vanity. Pride is not about vanity, but human dignity. Maybe the best way to think about pride is to imagine what you'd say to a young person who finally summoned up the courage to tell you that they were LGBTQ. You know that God created them, you know that God loves them, and you know that God wants them to accept who they are. So you would probably say, I am so proud of you for being able to say that. That's the kind of pride that we celebrate this month. So happy pride.
1: He's crazy. He's crazy. Am I supposed to be guilty about Romans 1? Romans 1, starting at verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever amen for this cause god gave them up unto vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. So what are you going to do with that scripture? boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection. What are we supposed to do with Romans 1 when these so-called religious leaders are asking you to celebrate Pride Month? We don't celebrate Pride Month. We stand on the word of God for the for these own people's sake to tell them the truth. And yes, God does love these people. God loves people. That's why He sent His Son to die. But He loves people enough. to give us his word as a guidebook so that they can have a better life and not die in their sin. Here's something that I heard yesterday on the Jim Baker program, and this is His wife, Lori Baker. Jim Baker. Don't know if he's actually going to live or not. He's upstairs. We're trying to take care of him. But man, look at this God! You're so amazing. You're working through these kids. And play it again. Jim Baker. Don't know if he's actually going to live or not. He's upstairs. We're trying to take care of him. But man, look at this God! You're so amazing. You're working through these kids. So yesterday, Lori Baker said that Jim Baker's upstairs. Of course, they have a television studio, and then there's condos up above, the television studio apartments and condos. So she says, Jim Baker's upstairs. We don't know if he's going to live or not. He hasn't been on the program for two days. And the day before yesterday, they showed a video, and you could go on the... Jim Baker show and look for the programs from yesterday and then from Thursday. And on Thursday, they said that they showed a picture of his head. He had some kind of a cancerous growth on his head that he had to have cut out. And then on Friday, she's saying, we, Jim's upstairs. We don't know if he's going to live or not. It's odd to me, even though they're saying we don't know if he's going to live and they're doing a television program. That was a little strange to me. And uh, so I don't know. We'll see what's what's going on as far as how sick is he. I know that he definitely was having memory issues because I noticed – Looking in on the program, sometimes I look at it to see what's going on, who, what they're saying and what they're doing, and uh, he can't really remember. Even He doesn't even remember the name of the person that he's interviewing. He does everything on cue cards or with uh, a teleprompter. He reads everything from a teleprompter because he can't remember scripture. He can't remember people's names and things like that. So he's definitely been having memory issues which uh, they said he was having anyway because he had a stroke but he's i think he's 82 and uh i don't know what what is going on as far as that growth that he had on his head it looked bad it, it did it looked i don't know how come he, they let it go as long as they did because it was pretty nasty so of course we need to pray for the family and uh pray for Jim that God could open his eyes to so many of the things that he's promoting. They're trying to start this prophets network. They want to have a 24-hour network for these false prophets, which is a big red flag because he has every kind of kook on this program with uh, the strangest doctrines and the strangest visions and people that are, they're going to heaven, they're going to hell, they're and so I don't I don't see it happening. I don't see God allowing it to happen and it may not happen especially if something happens to Jim. But that was part of the problem when he had the old PTL network back in the 1980s. He was rich and powerful and uh, I remember at one point him saying that he was going to build a crystal cathedral as a monument and then he would play this theme song to dream the impossible dream and he was really believing all this stuff about himself and and, even at that time, I was in the Word of Faith movement, but I thought to myself, "This guy's in trouble because, <laughs> like, why? You don't need a crystal cathedral, and it's not all about you and and to, and dreaming the impossible dream. That we're not supposed to be dreaming about building crystal cathedrals. We're we're supposed to be dreaming about changing people's lives." And telling them about Jesus. We don't need crystal cathedrals to do that. All we need is a mouth. And anyway, it was very strange. I thought it was very strange. So getting back to these rallies that are going on around the country, there's also rallies going on with a character called Sean Moon. And he's having these freedom rallies, and he's had them for a few years now. And Sean Moon is the son of Sun Young Moon, the cult leader who called himself a messiah, the messiah when he's on the earth. And now his wife, of course, Hak Jahan Moon, has taken over the Unification Church, And she calls herself the Holy Spirit, she calls herself God, she calls herself the only begotten daughter, she calls herself the literal bride of Christ, and they say Jesus was a failure and he did not complete his mission on the earth, so the moons have to complete it. Well, Sean Moon was supposed to be the heir apparent, and instead of him becoming the head of the church when his father died, the mother decided she was going to be the head, so she kind of booted him out, which caused a family rift. And so he came, he was here in America, I guess. And he went to Harvard, and he got a degree in theology, whatever that means, Like, because he's all messed up in his theology. He thinks he's God, too, because he he, he thinks he's a king. And people actually bow down to him. You can see the videos on YouTube at his church. They bow down to him. They call him a king. And it's Sean Moon. And the rod of iron is called his ministry. And the rod of iron are these rifles. They use guns. They bring guns to church. His brother has a gun store in Pennsylvania. And actually Donald Trump Jr. went to an event at this guy's gun store. And so Sean Moon is holding these freedom rallies, too. We're going to take America back. Same thing, same theme. And we can't let them have our guns, which I I think people should be able to own a gun if they want one. And uh, so some of the people that have appeared at these rallies, Steve Bannon, who was with Breitbart, and also was on staff with President Trump for a while. And then you have Sebastian Gorka. You have some so-called pastors attending these conferences as speakers. So to me, when I look at this, I see danger. This is dangerous because you don't want to affiliate with someone that's a cult leader. I don't care what kind of political rhetoric they're talking about. We don't affiliate ourselves with the moons like Donald Trump has done by speaking at Hock Jahan Moon's rallies and Paula White has done and Mike Pence has done and Mike Pompeo has done and Jonathan Falwell has done. He's also been a speaker for Moon. Figure that one out. All I can say is she must pay big money to get these people to attend these rallies and even there's been uh, these rallies that Sean Moon has been having, these freedom rallies, There's been attended by as many as 5,000 people. They're cheering, yeah. Okay, fine, cheering about taking back America and, and them not taking away our guns. But you're aligning yourself with a cult leader who thinks he's God and makes people bow down to him. We don't have anything to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, the Bible says, "Reprove them." We're not supposed to go to these rallies and raise our hands in the air and cheer, and and it's frightening because you can kind of see all these people uniting, eventually uniting around the Antichrist because he's going to be a man of peace and he's going to give us prosperity and we're gonna take our country back and we're gonna make everything great again. Not without God, not without the Lord Jesus Christ. No, not without, (laughs) not without him. Anyway, here's a couple of audios from this moon
7: guy. And they try to do evil, they get shot quickly. They get punished fast. My name is Youngjin Sean Moon, known as also Pastor Sean, or known as also Second King. My father is the Reverend Sun Min Moon, who believe is the Lord of the Second Advent, and he has created a kingship line of which I am his appointed heir and successor. The Bible is very clear in showing that Christ requires us to be judges over the nation, judges of the wicked, to rule with the rod of iron.
8: I convey the message
9: from the second king about the Lord of Iron. But their
10: reaction is, you're so wicked and you're in a cult.
9: Are you trying to appeal to all the pro-gun people of America? I'm not telling you how to do your job, but it seems like a massive opportunity for your church.
1: To be a king, you're going to have territory, and you better have a means to keep that territory. Pastor Sean and God working through him, he's taking the providence of God forward. In the scripture, it says, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Now that on earth is literal, okay? He is no longer talking about, let's just wait till we die and the kingdom comes. He's like, oh, we're going to build this here and now. Let us, Let pray. us pray.
7: Psalm 2 and also Revelation 2 says that the believers will rule the rod of iron. It's-
9: we're in Pennsylvania. It's just a two and a half hour drive outside of New York City. It's extremely rural. And we're in a makeshift gun range with people who love guns.
7: Love God, love your neighbor, i
9: And gone. <laughs> the World Peace and Unification Sanctuary is a small fringe set of Christianity.
7: Ooh, very nice, very nice.
9: Which has origins in Korea, is based in America with
8: that tick and
9: has been accused of being a cult. We're going to start at low ready as we've been practicing. Led by the charismatic pastor Hyunjin Sean Moon, or the second king, these Christians believe they must build God's kingdom on earth. And to do that, they'll need guns.
7: We thank you that we would have the opportunity to be able to practice and love God and love our neighbor. From you, we receive our rights of kingship and sovereignty. And follow these the right to bear arms that we exercise today in your precious name we pray amen yeah
1: yeah yeah notice how the reporter says it's a fringe group of Christians people like to throw that term around this is not a fringe group of Christians this is a cult with a young man that thinks that thinks that his Father was the second advent of the Lord Jesus Christ, who started a line of royalty, and he's he was the king. It's crazy.
11: Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that an Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is an antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you.
1: Yes. Yes. These things have I written unto you concerning those that seduce you. Here's more from Sean Moon.
7: Let's uh, see so we got. And it's kind of a fun way to you know, talk about serious issues. This is on our table, of course, the crowns and, and rod of iron is a real, the two main biblical treatments of the citizens of God's kingdom in the Bible. Right. You know, so we have those prominently displayed. But I think one of the key scriptures on God's side is the crown that's in Revelation 3 and 11. The Bible says, let no man take thy crown. So we see that the faithful who are uh, overcoming with Christ are given crowns of of sovereignty and royalty. And then we also see that they're given another accoutrement, which is the rod of iron. I think exemplified strongest in Psalm 2 and and Revelation 2, where it says they will rule with the rod of iron and they will break nations into shivers. So it has tremendous power in the hands of the co of Christ to even take down nations.
9: The adoption of guns within the church is new. In 2017, Pastor Sean claims to have had a revelation that the rod of iron mentioned in the Bible should be interpreted as a gun.
7: I'm now working on a new series, okay, that which we, you will see, which will combine the study of the gospel, which is delineated by Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom,
9: with how he will rule that kingdom, with a rod of iron. While guns at the church are a new thing, most of the church's beliefs are not. The Unification Sanctuary has deep-seated roots in its own dynasty, one that has origins a world away from rural Pennsylvania. During our visit, the church was celebrating one of its holidays, called the Day of True All Things, a legacy of the sanctuary's Korean history.
10: We now begin the ceremonies to commemorate the 56th day of True All Things. So, The attendants will now enter. Now the uh, True Parents and the second King and Queen will enter. Please greet them with warm applause. The second King is carrying the robes and crown. Our two parents, Song Myung Wun, the returning Christ. Thank you. I'd like to ask the King and Queen now to take their seats uh, on their thrones so that they can receive our our Kyung All second generation couples in the hall will please come forward. Kyung
9: Pastor Sean Moon is the son of Reverend Sun Myung Moon, a self-proclaimed messiah from Korea who founded the unification movement, more infamously known as the Moonies. Before Pastor Sean was even born, the group was already being labelled a cult, becoming most famous in the 80s for its mass-arranged marriages. Throughout its history, the group was allegedly the target of everyone from cult deprogrammers to the FBI. Many former members would also go on to accuse the church of using brainwashing tactics and mind control.
1: Yeah, they do. They do use brainwashing tactics and mind control. This is a so-called Christian church in rural Pennsylvania, and this guy and his wife are walking in with crowns on their heads, wearing robes, and claiming that he's a king, and his father was a king and a messiah and the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then people get out of their seats and get on the floor and bow down to this person. And then he's holding freedom rallies around the country and people are buying it. It's very dangerous. Very dangerous. Here's another clip.
7: The radical leftists are treasonously indoctrinating our our children into communism. They are trying to destroy a duly elected president for crimes they they have committed, and are trying to upturn our nation's connectedness to Jesus and Judeo-Christian ethics and place us under the rule of global governance, ruled by the leftist UN and communist China. If we do not awaken to our sovereignty and godly kingship, this nation and the world will fall into the hands of the wicked, and darkness will rule over this world. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is a great shepherd that will empower his flock to become shepherds made in his image to reign with him and rule the nations with the rod of iron, to free those who are oppressed by sin and Satan, and to liberate slaves to become kings for his glory. God bless you, folks. Welcome to the Rod of Iron Freedom Festival. God bless you, and God bless America.
1: Yeah, sure, it sounds good, right? Yeah, sounds good. He likes to throw around the name of Jesus, although he believes his father was the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, sounds good. There you see people applauding. Yay! Yeah. Here's another clip.
8: Okay, so now I want to... Charlie left me to do this introduction because he's like, you figure out how to say all this. So I'm going to introduce you to somebody that a lot of you already know, but I think there's some really interesting things here, and that would be Pastor Sean Moon. And So he was born in Terrytown, New York, as the youngest son of the Reverend Sun Young Moon. His famous father, the founder of the Unification Church was renowned for his stand against communism. He was born in his father was born in North Korea in 1920. He suffered under both Japanese and communist oppression, was imprisoned and tortured seven times, and during the Korean War on the days prior to his execution, on the day prior to his execution in a North Korean death camp, he was liberated by US forces. So, you see why the Moons are so grateful to the United States to begin with? If the father, we wouldn't have the son, we wouldn't have this amazing, and all the things that these, that these boys are doing. I, I'm, just so, I'm just so touched by it. So, Pastor Sean Moon has earned his Bachelor's of Liberal Arts and Master of Theology degree from Harvard. And in two thousand and nine, his father officially crowned his him, his son, as his heir and successor in three separate ceremonies in Korea and New York City. So he currently continues as his father's successor through the World Peace and Unification Sanctuary Ministry here in Pennsylvania, along so where he moved with his brother. So Pastor Sean Moon. There's so much more. I had to cut it or I'd be talking longer than he would be talking. But he's got he's got so much depth and breath.
2: Oh no, please, please, please.
7: Good morning, Patriots and freedom loving people made in the image of God. We are honored and pleased to have you all at the beautiful CARMS property, celebrating America, the Second Amendment, and the culture of armed, responsible citizenry. I also want to acknowledge the sacred Korean War Memorial and thank Dr. Ahn and the combat veterans and the planning committee with all our friends and their families who made this event possible. Also we are happy to be joined here with other freedom fighters from around the world who are also fighting in their respective countries for a Second Amendment that we enjoy and often take for granted here in the U.S.
1: Oh, yeah, it sounds good, right? Oh, we're going to fight for the Second Amendment. Yeah, that sounds good. We're going to stand up for God. We're going to stand up against communism. Even though I think I am God. It should be a major warning to all of us to be careful who we align ourselves with and what we allow people to get us excited about and to get our mind off the things that really matter. And that's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and bringing lost sinners to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus So let's not get all wrapped up and all psyched up and all excited about these political rallies and what their goals are and what they're trying to promise people. We don't know what's up ahead. We just don't know. And what are we going to do about it when they slowly try to take away our freedoms. We're going to take a stand for the Lord Jesus. That's what we're, we're supposed to do. And we won't be afraid. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So let it be a word of caution and a word of warning. Don't be looking to political leaders to do what's right. They're politicians. They do what's right for themselves. Most people do. We, we should just try to be responsible for our own selves, our own lives as far as what we take a stand for, what we're going to put up with and what we're not going to participate in when it comes to what God's word says. We have to remember the most important thing is what the Bible says about salvation. The Bible says in Romans 3.10, There is none righteous, no, not one. Sometimes people say, well, I'm a good person. I live a good life. Well, Yeah, but you're a sinner. And that's the realization that people have to come to. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.8, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10.13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So accept the free gift of eternal life today. Accept the Lord Jesus Christ because no matter what happens in the political world, God has his own nation. He has his own government of righteousness, peace, and joy. And heaven is a real, real city. We can go there when we die. God says that if you don't have the son, you don't have the father. If you don't accept Jesus for who he is, the savior of the world, then you can't know God. People can talk about God all they want. They can talk about Jesus all they want, but which Jesus are they talking about? Are they talking about the Jesus that was born of a virgin that died on the cross, that rose from the dead, and he ascended into heaven in a body. He's a real person. And without him, there is no salvation. He is the Savior. He will save us. He will deliver us. So keep your eyes on the prize. God bless you. Mm.